the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a joyful season in the church. At least I always find it joyful. Partly there's the more practical joy of having all the kids in school and everyone here and a part of the, the parish life. But even within the church and the feasts, there's joy. We just entered a new year, so there's that sense of newness, of hope. We also just had the feast of the Nativity of the Theotokos on Thursday. And that is the hymn that you heard today in the Apolitikion has brought joy into the whole world. And then we have the Feast of the Holy Cross, which is coming on Wednesday, in which we celebrate the great joy of our Lord's victory over death and on the Holy Cross. The church as our mother has so much to teach us, to raise us in the faith. I have a catechism class coming up on Wednesday evenings, but catechism class pales in comparison to the catechism that one can receive in the services of the church. The catechism of the church is her services. What a rich treasure we, treasury we have in every single service. On the nativity, we celebrated the joy of, of the nativity of the Theotokos, and there are these hymns that are still being echoed as in last night's Vespers. So listen closely to what the, the church teaches us. God, who rests upon the noetic thrones, has prepared a holy throne for himself upon the earth. Panagia is his throne. He who established the heavens in wisdom has prepared an animate heaven because she becomes like heaven. Because God who dwells in the heavens is dwelling in her womb. And this is why we call her more spacious than the heavens because she has the fullness of God inside of her. In his love for mankind, from a fruitless root, he raised up for us a life-bearing plant, his mother, because as we know, her parents were childless for many decades. God of wonders and hope of the hopeless, Lord, glory to you. And then another hymn says, this is the Lord's day, O people, be filled with joy. Behold, the bridal chamber of life and the book of the word of life has come forth from the womb. Words need a book to be in. The word of life has the book, which is the Theotokos. The temple gate that faces east has been born, and she awaits the entry of the great high priest. As you may know, the east gate of the temple was always sealed, awaiting the coming of the Messiah. She is that east gate, because he will come through her. She alone introduces the only Christ to the world for the salvation of our souls. Think about it. She is the one that introduced Christ. Yes, John the Baptist spoke of Christ after Christ was born, but she is the one that said, here is Christ. This is what we learn in the hymns of the church. And this is just for the nativity of the Theotokos. I would like to read more of the hymns that come up for this great feast of the Holy Cross. This feast which is after Pascha, after Theophany and Dormition, one of the greatest feasts of the church, which is this Wednesday, the feast of the Holy Cross. And there is so much that our church has to teach us. 
And in reading these hymns and preparing for this homily, I thought, why am I speaking? Let the hymns speak for themselves. So if you'll bear with me, I will be reading many of the hymns that are from the Vesper service this coming Tuesday evening. First, we learn what the cross has accomplished. Come, all you nations, let us reverence the blessed tree through which has come the eternal vindication. For he who, was dece who deceived our forefather Adam by means of a tree has himself been ensnared by the cross. So you see the one who deceived Adam with a tree is now ensnared by a tree. And he falls headlong, tumbling down, who formerly held the royal masterwork in tyranny. By the blood of God, the venom of the serpent is washed away. And the curse is lifted by the unjust sentence on the righteous one who was condemned. For it was necessary to redeem the tree by the tree. To put an end to the passion suffered by the condemned at the tree, by the passion of the passionless one upon a tree. And therefore glory, O Christ the King, glory to the awesome plan for our salvation by which you saved everyone, since you are good and love mankind. The very next hymn. The tree of true life was planted in the place of the skull, and upon it, eternal King, you have worked salvation in the midst of the earth, the cross, which is exalted today, sanctifies the ends of the world. Angels in heaven greatly rejoice, and men upon earth are glad, crying aloud with David and saying, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy footstool. You see, the cross is the footstool of Christ. It's that upon which he rests. And then again another hymn. Through you the power that was death's has been swallowed up. You are the resurrection of all who died, lifting up all of us who had succumbed to corruption. Corruption has been destroyed and incorruptibility through you has blossomed. And we mortals were deified and the slanderer has been utterly stricken down. Now in that hymn it says you a number of times. You know who it's speaking to? The cross. The cross. In these hymns, we speak directly to the cross because the cross has brought so much for our lives. And you see there are theological truths that are revealed, but they're not just information or facts, things that you would read in a book on theology or a book about the Orthodox Church. You see, if your hearts were at all softened, those words pierced you. Those words caused you to go, oh my gosh, what God has done for us. This is what the hymns do for us. As we hear them, they pierce our hardened hearts again and again and again in new and different ways in each of the hymns. You heard, heard that, how each hymn had a different shade and cast upon the exact same story. This is much more than a catechism class, but that's still not all that we learn about the cross and what it has done. That's just what the cross has done to accomplish our salvation. You know what the cross is right now? Here. Rejoice, life-bearing cross of the Lord, the invincible monument, the door to the blessed garden. Support for those who believe and the church's wall of defense all around. 
O most precious cross, the believer's pride and joy, martyr athlete's support, the apostle's badge and adornment, defender of the just and the preservation of the devout, the martyr's glory that truly adorns devout ascetic saints, all creation seeing you lifted on high is therefore rejoicing now and is celebrating and glorifying Christ who has through you united those who were separate in his extreme benevolence. The cross does many things for us. It protects us against the demons, as it says in three different hymns. Grant us, O Lord, your precious cross as a guardian and protector, the driver away of demons. Today the cross is exalted and the demons are banished. Panoply unassailable opponent of all demons. The cross gives us grace. Today the entire creation is liberated from corruption, for through it, the cross, through the cross, all the gifts of grace have shined on us. The cross gives us grace. The cross enlightens us and sanctifies us. Today the choir of the faithful shout aloud as they raise you on high. Enlighten us with your brightness, life-giving and all venerable cross. Make us holy by your might and strengthen us through your exaltation. Save us, cross, by your might. Make us holy in your splendor, precious cross, and strengthen us through your exaltation. For you have been given to us as the light and salvation of our souls, the port of our salvation. And the cross, furthermore, enlightening us and strengthening us, it heals us and protects us from all danger. Rejoice, you are the guide for the blind, the physician of the sick, O most precious cross. For, you, for us, you are help in need and the strength of our leaders, the might of the righteous and the dignity of the priests. For when you are signed, you redeem us from miseries. You are a rod of power from above by which we are shepherded. You are the shield of peace that the angels in fear attend to respectfully. You are the divine glory of the Master Christ who grants us great mercy to the world. This is the cross of Christ. Just this small taste of the hymns makes us understand what we received through the cross in Christ's crucifixion and what we receive continually through the cross, through its participation in all of the life of the church, all of the life of the saints, and every single Christian. I tell you, if you don't have a cross on right now, get yourself a cross and never take it off. If you have allergies to metals, get yourself a wooden cross, a plastic cross. It doesn't matter. Put a cross around your neck and never take it off. How can I say more than what the hymns have said? How could I begin to teach you when the, the words of these hymns are teaching us about its protection against demons, about the grace that we receive, about the enlightenment and sanctification, about the healing and strength and protection that the cross offers? You see how your faith is deepened when you hear these hymns. And you can hear these hymns in the Vespers, in the Orthros, all of these services of the church. Your faith can be deepened in these services. So after all these wise words from the hymns of the church, I'll just offer a final word from a saint rather than myself. Saint Matrona the Blind. When I visited Mount Athos a few years ago at the small skeet that I stayed at, there was an icon 
of a saint, a female saint I'd never seen, and her eyes were closed. Now that's a remarkable thing in an icon, because we know the, the saints are always looking right at us. She's looking at us, but with her spiritual eyes. This was Saint Matrona, and that little skeet had a relic of Saint Matrona. She lived in Russia, and she was born before the, the fall to communism and lived through much of the time of communism. And this is what she says about the Holy Cross. This is written by the, a narrative by the author. Saint Matrona talked often about evil. As our friend in Christ, she spoke about the need for us to gird ourselves against Satan. There are simple ways to start. We have to listen to Saint Matrona's advice and wear our crosses every day. Christ has transformed his cross to become holy and life-giving. Saint Matrona repeatedly encourages us to frequently use the power of that cross. She said, not only do we need to cross ourselves often, but we also need to make the sign of Christ's cross in spaces around us. I don't know if you know of this practice, but if you enter into a room or if there's something you're about to do, you're about to work on your computer, just make the sign of the cross over the thing. And in this way, the power of the cross will help us and strengthen us. She said that demons flee at the sign of the cross. Sometimes I make the sign of the cross in or around my car. I do this when I drive and am unsure of reckless, reckless drivers nearby. I always have any of our family's new cars blessed by a priest. I have to thank St. Matrona for this great reminder. It seems so obvious to use it, but we often forget. St. Matrona reminds me that the cross is not just for use in church. Use it at home. Use it anywhere. Every time I board an airplane, I make the sign of the cross on the plane as I enter, and all our family members cross ourselves as the plane is taking off. The sign of the cross is a weapon God gave us. Remember, Satan is not going to possess someone who makes the sign of the cross or wears a cross. Where the cross is exalted, the demons are defeated. That's why we hang crosses in our homes and in our cars and throughout our churches. I am so glad St. Matrona teaches me to use the sign of the cross more frequently in my everyday life and that I belong to the church that reminds us of the cross's true meaning. How many times do we cross ourselves in church? Is that something unique to being in church? We might think that. It's not. With that frequency, we can enter into the rest of our lives. Every space that we enter into, every time that we encounter a new situation, whatever it may be, make the sign of the cross. So I leave you just with these words of the hymns and with the words of St. Matrona. The church has much to teach us. We must have our ears open. We must be there and present to receive what the church gives us. Amen.